Inspired by hip-hop and the faith culture, the sanctuary in my solitude, the thoughts, feelings, and life lessons of an imperfect Christian by Anthony Kisik is beautifulfeathentertainment.com's work in print. It is a book of poetry and it's available through iUniverse.com, Amazon.com, beautifulfeetentertainment.com, and the links are also available in our social media and podcast. So please consider The Sanctuary of My Solitude if you're looking for a next great read. Thank you so much. Hey, it's Angelica from A Little Bit of Everything With Me podcast, and you're listening to Beautiful Feet. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and review their podcast, and enjoy the show. This is the Beautiful Feet Podcast. A partnership with BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com. Follow us on social media at Beautiful Feet Entertainment, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Beautiful Feet Podcast. My name is Anthony. And I'm Jessica. This week, um, I'm really excited about this week. So, man, how do I even start this out? How do I even explain why I'm excited? It's Halloween. It's your favorite time. It is Halloween. My favorite time of year. So, what we thought we would do for this episode is just kind of give you some of our Halloween favorites. We're talking about movies, we're talking about different traditions that we enjoy, favorite costumes, all sorts of fun things. We're just going across the board about Halloween and why it's our favorite time of year. Now, it's not your favorite holiday, No. but it's in your favorite time of year. So do you want to explain that before we jump into Halloween? So because we live in the desert and it's very, very hot. 120 in the summer. I love October, November, and December because we get a very, very brief respite from the heat. That's it. That's really the whole reason. Not to mention you have Christmas coming in December. Yeah, I'm like, I live for Christmas. I love it. But this is a Halloween episode, so we're going to stay focused on. Yes, on Halloween. So. Before we started, before we hit the record button, I had asked you just to quickly give or find some information on the history of Halloween. So I went to history.com, which is the History Channel website, and in an article from their editors that was updated today, actually, called wow, Halloween that's 2020, it talked about the origins of Halloween, All Saints Day, Halloween coming to America, why we trick or treat, have parties. The different movies that we watch, and All Souls Day and Souls Cakes, Black Cats and Ghosts, and Halloween matchmaking and lesser-known rituals. You heard that right. Matchmaking. Matchmaking. Anyway, can we just go over the brief history? Like, we don't need to go over the entirety of it. Just a brief history of where Halloween came from. So, Halloween comes to us today from the ancient people known as the Celts. They lived in what we would think of as Ireland and the United Kingdom and parts of northern France. And during this time of year was the end of their harvest. So the Druids, or who were like their priests, would light ancient sacred bonfires and they would sacrifice crops and animals to ensure that during the long winter ahead that they would be able to have plenty of resources to see them through the rest of the year. And how did that develop into what we have as Halloween now? Well... Maybe not Halloween this year, but, you know, last year, year before. When the Romans were taking over that area of land, they, um... They kind of, like, once you had Christianity introduced, they decided that this practice of... Because, like, the ancient Druids felt... That the line was blurred between the living and the dead so the ghosts could come back. So the church used that concept to say that November 1st would be a day where you would honor the people who had passed away during the previous year. So that that means that Halloween, which is the 31st of October, why did that become special? Well, it's special because 
As it has evolved over time, it became a community celebration where parents and their children would engage in family-friendly activities such as bobbing for apples, going trick-or-treating, and dressing up in costume. So this kind of, for me at least, because it's a community-based activity, it reminds me that it's okay for Christians to celebrate Halloween. What do you think on that? I've always enjoyed the aspect of Halloween where like you get to dress up in costume. Mm-hmm. I don't really like the scarier aspects of Halloween. Yeah. So, I mean, but it's still, you as a Christian can partake in Halloween in some shape or fashion, right? You don't have to scare people. You don't have to dress up as demonic characters, but you can enjoy it, right? Well, and a lot of churches will say a harvest festival instead. Yeah, they'll have their own type of a celebration. Anyway, is there any more on the history that we need to know for Halloween? Well, um, like for black cats, they were saying that in the Middle Ages, witches would disguise themselves as black cats. So, Allegedly. Um, but we know that black cats are ten times harder to be adopted because of these superstitious beliefs. So, Which is why you have an affinity for black cats. I really do like them. <laughs> I actually have like a little black cat beanie baby up on our desk right now. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah they're not bad. Well, let's, let's <laughs> go ahead and start jumping into our Halloween favorites. Let's start, before we go into movies and costumes and all that kind of stuff, let's get into our favorite Halloween memory as a kid. What was your favorite Halloween memory? Well, my mom, like, she would always have us make my own costume. Like, I didn't get a costume that you would find in the store. Like, we would decide what I was going to be, and she would either sew a template or, like, sometimes I would take something and just decorate it, and that would be my costume. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when my mom was growing up, her mom would always make their costumes as well. So we just have this tradition of, like, because people knew how to sew and it was less expensive. It was nice to have those memories of being able to go and, like, pick out what fabric I wanted and all of this stuff. And it was just really special. That sounds awesome. What were, um, actually, we'll get into that, the costumes that you made. But I think for me, one of my favorite Halloween memories, uh, so my cousin and I, um, we're a few years apart. I'm a few years older than he is, but for a f- number of years, we would always meet at my grandma's, my great grandma's house, and we would start our trick or treating there and trick or treat around her neighborhood. So she would always give us a bunch of candy to start off with. Uh, but what was really interesting about it was, again, for a few years, him and I dressed as the same thing every year. Like we would both be a dinosaur, or the next year we both were ninjas, or whatever. So it was, it was pretty fun to have that camaraderie. Um, let's jump into costume, right? What were some of your favorite costumes that you created as a kid? Um, I really enjoyed that aspect of being able to be like this pretty princess. So I'd have like the little sparkly tutus and, and little tiaras and stuff. Do you want to... Uh, talk about the photo that you found um which we, we can assume it was a halloween time yeah halloween 1994 okay <laughs> so i have like two photos from around this time one is like i'm in a little pink tutu with a silver tiara that looks a little more i don't want to say well, normal but like the other outfit that i came up with it had like butterfly wings and a ballet t-shirt and a poofy tutu and like there was a lot going on oh it was all pink too which is funny because you don't like pink now i do like yeah it's not my favorite color at all but you know during that time a lot of things for girls were pink Pink. everything was pink so what were some other costumes that you created um there was one time that my mom and i um we took like a kind of an oversized pillowcase and then I cut out like the you know we did the arms for it and everything and I painted it with different stripes and that was me being an Indian for Halloween culturally insensitive but that's fine you know I mean you were probably 
below the age of 10, you had no idea what was going on. And at that time, it would have been the 90s, things were different. Like, you could dress up and stuff like that and not be labeled as being insensitive, right? I want to guess it was probably around the time that Pocahontas came out. Okay. So maybe you were Pocahontas or some type of a... Okay, I like that a lot. Let's see. One of my favorite costumes that I actually won a prize for was being Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. Okay. And how did your costumes evolve as you get older? Because I know every once in a while you still dress up. Um, as I got older, honestly, like, I still feel like I've stuck with this template of, like, I just want to be a pretty person. Although, you know, this year I feel like, hey, an astronaut astronaut might be kind of cute, you know, because of the whole headgear and everything. Okay. Since we have to wear masks anyway. What about Pete the Cat? Oh my god, Pete the Cat. Okay, like, I love Pete the Cat. If you are not aware of what character Pete the Cat is, you probably don't have small children. But because I work with small kids, like, he's just popular in their world. So, when I was working at my old library, I actually dressed up as Pete the Cat. Like, I had a blue long sleeve shirt with a little heart sewn on the breast there. Blue pants my little shoes, and I took my Pete the Cat plushie and... You had ears, too. I did. I had a headband with the blue and yellow ears and everything. Honestly, that was just made from some stuff that we got from Goodwill and a little bit of ingenuity. Well, so, yeah, we... So, you have this habit of, like, making your costume, and you enjoy the... It seems like you really enjoy the dress-up part of it, right? Oh, I love it. Like, for me, it's just so much fun. Um, when I was little, I loved to engage in that imaginative play where, you know, kids have their little play clothes or whatever, just getting to play pretend, and I feel like Halloween is a chance for us as adults to have that moment in time to be, like, if you want to be a ninja or a dinosaur or a power ranger or whatever, you know, you can do that. Speaking of, I've dressed up as all three of those things. Yes, A ninja, a dinosaur, and a power ranger. Those are the costumes that I really... Now, I didn't make my own costumes. I remember one time my mom tried to make me a Spider-Man costume, like the black uh, spider suit. Um, She claims that I woke up, sleepwalked through the house, tore all her work up, and went back to bed. I don't believe that happened because I've never sleptwalked in my life that I know of. You've talked in your sleep. I, I, I do speak in my sleep. Um, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm saying. No one's ever been able to tell me what I've said. Usually so, you just roll over say, it's okay. You roll over and then you fall back asleep. <laughs> Fun. So, a lot of my characters or a lot of my favorite costumes are usually action superstars. Like the Power Rangers or some kind of a superhero. Because that was something that I've always wanted to be. I've always wanted to be some level of a superhero. Um, As it got older, and I started to drift more into scary movie um, territory, I dressed up as like a... uh, uh, I've dressed up as a serial killer before, which I don't know how you dress up as a serial killer because they look like everyone else. (laughs) Thank you, Wednesday Addams. Um... But, like, I've dressed up as, like, I dressed up in, like, an orange jumpsuit and, you know, that looks like I escaped from prison type of thing. I've dressed up as a bunch of different things like that. I haven't really dressed up in, I want to say, around 10 years. Well, and now that we're married, people who know us have suggested that we dress up, like, you could be Abraham Lincoln and I could be Mary Lincoln Todd because you're tall and you have the beard and everything, and I'm just a small person, so, like a... Not a little person, like, I'm like five feet tall. Anyway. Yeah, so, but you're just short. And apparently, um, Lincoln's wife was also short. And you really do look like Abraham Lincoln. Like, when we were in Disneyland and we were doing the Hall of Presidents or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, so I've always enjoyed Halloween, but I've always enjoyed it. I enjoyed the dressing up and getting candy put. But as I gotten older, my favorite part has always been the Halloween-themed movies. So oh let's talk goodness. about the Halloween-themed movies. I'm going to start with you, because you're, you're, you're awesome, and we're going to start with you. 
I totally <laughs> lost my train of thought. But... So, I am not a fan of slasher films. I do not enjoy that kind of Halloween movie. I'm more of like, I want a movie that I can watch with my whole family, like Scooby-Doo, or Hocus Pocus, or just, you know, something that's light, something that's fun. Something but it still that's... has that darker element yeah. to it. Yeah. Like, like a, a mystery. I like that. Well, let's talk about some of the Halloween movies that we've watched this year. We watched Frank and Weenie. Yeah. Oh that, was, that was a crazy movie. Like, it started off really good. It was It kind so of weird. went into this weird place that I didn't expect. We've so watched we wa- The we- Nightmare Before Christmas. One of my absolute favorite Christmas movies of all time. Especially family related. What else have we watched? Uh, we've watched... My mom's got a date with a vampire. We watched part of that. Yeah, so we watched that. Um, yeah, and we also watched Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. So, what are some other movies we could be watching at this time? Uh, something like Corpse Bride, Great the Halloween movie. Town movies. Love those movies. Like Disney Plus literally has an entire tab of Halloween movies, and Hulu also has a tab. Huluween. Huluween. Which we haven't checked out too much, but um, I think I might do that pretty soon. Since Halloween is literally like later this week. Um, now, some of my favorite Halloween movies, because I do love scary movies and I'm I like, do love slashers. Alright, here um, we go. First and foremost, we have Halloween. Okay? Jamie Lee Curtis is fantastic in that movie. I think it was her first leading role. She was very young. Uh, I don't even... Heck, she was maybe 20? I don't even know if she was 20 yet. Uh, if you don't know, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, her mom is a famous actor, um, which was Janet Lee from Psycho, which is another great movie that you actually watched without me. I did. And you enjoyed it. You liked it. I think I like the suspenseful aspect of it, because I am a fan of the Hitchcock films, like Rear Window and things like that. Because the action is predominantly what's happening off camera. Yes. Um, and then, so we have that. We have Halloween. I also liked Halloween, um, the remake that came out, I think, two years ago, 2018. Mm-hmm. I believe is when it came out. Uh, also with Jamie Lee Curtis. It t- it's literally the sequel to the original. Um, I like... We watched The Shining. We watched The Shining. I we really enjoyed that. We watched Dr. Sleep. We watched Doctor Sleep again. I really enjoyed that. Um, we last night we watched Nightmare on Elm Street, which is one of my absolute favorites. You did not like it. No, I thought it was horrible. But again, because it like there's a lot of blood and all of the stuff happening, I was just like, I can't do this. So another one of my favorite movies is Scream, and last. So I haven't watched it this year yet, but. Last Not last year. A few years ago, the last time I really sat down to watch it, it was on Halloween. I was at my parents' house, and my my sister was there. And we sat down. We're like, hey, let's watch this movie. Well, the movie starts off with this girl getting a phone call from this guy who's going to kill her, basically. Playing around with her, whatever. And we had the door open, and the screen door closed to our house. So that when people come up to get candy, like, we can just open the door, throw some candy. Um, as this first killing happens, and you hear this large scream out of the out of the TV, our doorbell rings. And I'm like, okay, it's going to be some, some kids or whatever. It was a girl who's probably about two to three years old. I felt so bad, but I digress. That's one of my favorite movies. Um, and you like I, the It films. I do. Um, I don't know if they're your favorite, though. I don't know if I put them as my favorite, but I do like them. I could talk about this for another 20 minutes, so we are going to segue. Um, we've talked... Oh, Charlie Brown. It's, it's a great, great pumpkin, pumpkin, Charlie, Charlie Brown. Brown. I watch it every year. I bought them on DVD. I say them because I bought the Christmas one, the Halloween one, the Thanksgiving one. I think there's like a Valentine's Day one. I bought them all because I like to watch them and I don't always get to watch them on TV because of 
my job, I'm usually at work. So, I watch that. Now, we've talked about costumes, we've talked about movies, we've talked about um, kind of the history. What are some of our favorite activities to do for Halloween? Are there any that really you remember doing as a kid that you liked or that you like doing as an adult? Um, I like the ability because, again, we live where it's very, very hot to bake cookies because, like, it cools down enough so I can use the oven and not feel like I am going to burst into flames. Yeah. Yeah. So I eat a lot of cookies during this time. I like carving pumpkins, which we have not done See, for me, carving pumpkins is a very time and labor intensive process it's gross i'd much rather just like paint on the pumpkin i like carving it because then you take the pumpkin seeds and you cook the pumpkin seeds and they're 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 phenomenal i love them they're so good um what other activities um, are there well i remember when i was little like my elementary school would have like a a little fair and then have all these little booths like doing a ring toss and bean bags and a mm-hmm. cakewalk thing or whatever there's always there always seems to be like a bakery or a baked bake-off or some where you buy baked goods mm-hmm. so and that seems to actually connect with your history of Halloween because they would they would offer these as ways of, of, of what, what was it luring away ghosts yeah, they would put food outside of their houses in an attempt to keep the ghosts from coming into their house. Yeah, so that's actually fun, fun connection that still it seems to be relevant in communities today. Now, you and I don't have a house. We live in an apartment. Let's pretend we live in a house in a nice community. What would you want Halloween to look like? We would definitely decorate. Like, I think we would be that house with all sorts of blow-up little things in the front yard. Would we hand out candy? Probably. Okay. Yeah. Would we dress up? Oh, definitely. Okay. I'm not going to miss out on a chance to be like a witch or all of these other things that sound fun to do. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I married the right person because... I the reason why I stopped dressing up as an adult is because it, I always lived in areas where I lived in apartments or I lived in a dorm or whatever. No one's coming to my door getting candy. So like, I just stopped kind of We have actually discussed the fact that we will probably keep our Halloween decorations up year round and then I will have a little corner during December that is my Christmas spot. See I don't know if I want to keep it up year-round, but there's definitely things that I love to have. Um, I just love Halloween. I don't know what it is about it. It's just, it's always been my favorite time of year. But, I don't know. Well, and I love bats, because they're underappreciated pollinators, and they just do a really good job at helping the crops to continue to grow. I think that's going to be the name of the episode. Bats, the underappreciated pollinators. (laughs) Well, because when I was growing up, there was like a bat colony not too far from our house. So in the summer, it was a maternity colony. So the bats would would come there to have their babies. Yep. I don't know. I just like them. They're cute. Sounds good. So what other activities would we want to see happen in Halloween? Well, we've, we've read a good portion of Dracula together. We've done that. Yeah. We haven't finished it, but yeah, we've read it. Um, I don't know, dude. That Halloween again. Halloween's just always been fun. I think it's just a really fun. I like the colors so. of Halloween. The black the, and orange. The black, the orange, a little bit of gold going a on. A little bit of purple. Mm-hmm. Just this deeper, richer colors. Like I'm not into cotton candy pink at all. So, sorry, Summer. Despite. <laughs> Her childhood pictures that would beg to differ, but that was her mom's fault. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> so, we're going to go ahead and, um, is there anything else we want to talk about Halloween related? Any other Halloween favorites? Um, Halloween favorites. I think 
we would be remiss if we did not mention how much you love pumpkin pie. I love pumpkin pie. I would eat pumpkin pie all year round if it was around all year. See, I think Sarah Lee might actually have like a tiny section where it could be pumpkin pie 365, but I will have to look into that because like that that is a true deep affection that you have. I can't tell you how many birthdays I went without a birthday cake but I got a pumpkin pie instead. And I prefer it that way. I'm totally fine with pumpkin pie for my birthday. Um, yeah. Any other favorites for you? I love how much my mom's mom loved Halloween because again it's a holiday that centers around candy and she was all about her ice cream but like she would go as far as to make homemade Halloween cards and send them to people in the mail because she was an artist so you'd get like this beautiful thing of like oh here's a witch and then here's the moon and all this stuff and it says happy Halloween like she was just really into it see I wish I would have met her Yes, unfortunately, she passed away in, uh, I want to say 2002. So, 16 years before you and I started dating? Yeah, somewhere. Like, we didn't even know each other at that point. Um, yeah, so that was just some of our Halloween favorites, things that we like to do for Halloween. Um, we just wanted to kind of bring this episode to you guys simply because... Not only is it topical, is you know, with everything going on and Halloween literally being what a few days away. It's next Saturday, babe. Yeah. So we just wanted to kind of give you guys some favorites. Maybe if you're not watching Halloween, uh, Halloween themed movies, you can take some of our suggestions. Um, maybe you haven't found that right costume, you can take some of ours. Um, and I like the idea of making costumes. I think that's something we might end up doing, especially. When we have kids and things like that. Making costumes. But we'll see. Anyway, we'll be right back. We're going to take a brief break. We'll be right back with Romans chapter 13. Yes. And we'll be right back with the Beautiful Feet podcast. This episode of the Beautiful Feet podcast is brought to you by The Sanctuary of My Solitude, a published book of poetry by me, Anthony Giesick. You can pick up your copy at beautifulfeetentertainment.com, at iUniverse.com, and Amazon.com. Welcome back to the Beautiful Feet Podcast. This is the portion of the uh, podcast where we're going to go ahead and jump into Scripture. So before we jump into Romans chapter 13, Jessica, would you mind giving us the recap for Romans 12? Alrighty, for Romans chapter 12, my Bible has three main headings. A living sacrifice, humble service in the body of Christ, and love in action. So being a living sacrifice is talking about the fact that basically God desires our hearts. He wants, um, he wants us also to re- renew our minds so that way we can focus on what it is that's God's will for our life. Um, and having humble service in the body of Christ, the example is given of the actual human body, how it has different parts and they all serve different functions. So we talked about the different gifts that we all have, um, whether it's being a teacher, whether it's being an encourager, whether it's to lead, just all of these different aspects that allow us to work together as the church, which is the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And having love in action, we know that Paul urges us to have sincerity in the love that we have for each other and to focus on what is good and be able to walk through that um to be devoted to one another in love to be um hospitable with one another so he also talks about the fact that even though as humans our natural inclination when someone has wronged us would be to seek revenge but as christians we're called through our faith to continue to love one another. Um, And that's going to bring us into chapter 13. Now, chapter 13, um, at least right now, it's extremely timely. um, But it's also just extremely important. So, again, we're going to go into this chapter just taking bits and pieces. 
We're not going over the full chapter, so please read along with us and really just study it on your own as well so that you can get the full picture of what's what's being written. So, what do we have in 13 that stuck out? Well, the first part of chapter 13, verses 1 through 7, talks about the submission to governing authorities. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes into this concept of the fact that God has established who is going to be ruling over the people. Yeah. And and I think this is really important simply because people have opinions, right? People will sit there and say, I don't like this uh, politician or I don't like this policy that's been put in place. I don't believe this is God's will. And there's truth in that. But even if we, let's talk about the Old Testament for a brief moment. When they had kings, right? Was every king a godly king? No. Um, we know that there were a lot of kings who led the, the children of Israel away from God because they had focused on uh, foreign gods. And I think that's exactly my point. They focused on foreign gods, but that doesn't mean that they weren't uh, appointed by God himself. So I, that what that tells me is God puts these men or women in authority so that, which in the times of the kings, it was all men. But, uh, but that means that he does that one as an example of why we need to follow God. But also what happens when we don't follow God. Uh, or when we don't put God's will first in our lives. Especially when it comes to a country or a land or a group of people, right? So if we fast forward that to today, right? If we bring that back to the present... And you could sit there and say, I don't like this. I mean, right now we are right in voting season. So you could say, oh, I don't like this candidate or I don't like this candidate because as a Christian, I don't believe they're going to do God's will or this person uh, is God's, you know, whatever. The truth is God's going to put who God wants in authority, um, no matter who it is. And what is our role? When the person that we did not vote for becomes the authority. Well, and Paul talks about this because he's basically saying that for us, we need to remember to do what is right. And then we'll be commended in that. And to avoid what is wrong because the people who are doing what is wrong are going to be punished. And then he goes into, that's also why we pay taxes, because that's a good and right thing to do to honor the governing authorities. Yeah. So our job as believers, if we don't believe in the uh, individual or the policies that have authority over our country, what we have to do is we have to respect that. We have to understand God has given them authority for a reason or on purpose. And we understand that, okay, if we're following Jesus and we're doing what is right in God's eyes according to Scripture, then the rest of it will play out the way God has intended it. So whatever that authority figure is, whether they are following Jesus or they are not following Jesus, whether they are leading a country to follow Jesus or leading the country away from Jesus, that is going to play out the way God has intended it for whatever reason God has intended it for. Because he talks about in verse 3, it says, For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. And we know that in biblical times as well as today, a lot of the modern legal system is still based off of things that we would think of as Christians as the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Not committing murder not stealing like we know these are not the things you're supposed to be doing with your life absolutely and that those actions if you choose to do that then you have to face the consequences of that mm-hmm. so and that's a lot of what the first portion of 13 is about is understanding uh consequences but also at the same time just uh really trusting in god and saying okay god You've put this this group of people in authority, or this president or whoever in authority. I need to then follow you as 
as I also respect the choice that has been made. Well, and I think it's interesting in verse 6 that he puts it this way. This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. And uh, do you want to explain kind of what that means? Well, that means basically that the people during this time who were going to be government officials, that would have been their only source of income. So they would have been relying on people to pay their taxes so that they in turn could take care of their families and the people who were dependent on them. And how does that look for today's culture? Well, for us, um, we know that it's important to pay taxes because that's just what you do as a citizen. Like, you're being paid throughout the year, so then a certain percentage of that income goes to the Internal Revenue Service. Well, and, and here's my thing. Let's think about when you pay taxes as, as a, a citizen, as you pay taxes, what does that money go toward, right? It goes toward, like, fixing streets. Mm -hmm. It goes toward um, governing, governing offices, right? It goes toward schools, police departments. Like, th this is how we pay for those things, right? So if we're not paying our taxes, we're taking money from other people who are just trying to make a living serving our community. Well, and I'm sure you've heard when people get angry at a public institution, they say, well, my tax dollars are paying for you to go to work. Exactly. Now, that doesn't mean we have authority over them because it's our tax dollars. Because if you think about it, it's their tax dollars also. They also pay taxes, and that's also paying for schools and, and these governing areas. So, um, yeah. But we obviously know throughout history that there have been some leaders who have not done things that would have been right in the eyes of God. Absolutely. So in that case, when you are watching a governing official blatantly like going against the word of God, as Christians, what are we supposed to do? So Anthony and I had talked about this earlier because for me, the example that I think of is Hitler and the fact that he created this Holocaust in which, let's say, six million people, maybe more, were killed. Like, they didn't just die. They were intentionally murdered. Yeah. Um, and now we know after that, people who are working for the government can't just say, oh, well, I was doing my job. Like, mm -hmm. that's what the Nuremberg trials were all about. So, you... If someone in authority tells you to do something and morally you don't feel that that's the right thing to do, you are within your rights to object to do that. Yeah. And again, as, as regular everyday citizens, we have the right, it's something similar as well. We have the right to, especially here in America, like we vote, right? We go, okay, I don't believe in, in candidate A's policies. I believe in candidate B's policies. I'm going to vote for him as opposed to this person over here. And what that's doing is um, it's it's just expressing that opinion and saying, I'm going to go ahead and take a stand on this. And I'm going to do it. It's a respectful way to share your opinion. Would you agree? Yes. Because we live in a democratic society. So the foundation of where we live says that we have the right to say either yes, I agree with this, or no, I object. And that's exactly what this season like has been about um, in, in America. Now, the one thing I've never liked about politics, and this is from all the time when I was a kid, like this is from way back, I don't like the fact that politician A and politician B will sit there and take shots at one another. Mm -hmm. Instead of just stating the truth or, or what their policies are, they're open, openly mocking one another. It, it's like a, it's like a very highly paid rap battle. Like they're getting paid <laughs> to, or they're 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 battling it out, but they're they're just disrespecting each other instead of going. Look, his policy wants to do this, uh, my policy wants to do this. You guys vote for what you want. Well, in a perfect world, a candidate would really only put forth why they would be the best person for the job and not focus their attention on making their opponent look bad. 
But you've seen that as well, right? Yes, I definitely have. That's why now, I'm not, like, I don't watch the debates. And yeah. Well, and, and, and this is the thing. I keep saying candidate A and candidate B. I don't want to put names out there simply because we're, we're not talking about the elections coming up now. We're talking generally, right? So we don't, I, I definitely don't want to sit there and go, oh, so-and-so said this. And we're not talking about our pol- politic views. We're just looking at what the Bible says when it comes to politics. So Paul goes on to talk about how love fulfills the law. Um, did we want to talk about tax evasion or we were just ready to skip that part? Jump into tax evasion uh. before we jump into <laughs> what you were about to jump into. Okay, so you were talking like we were talking about this like why do people have to pay taxes in the first place? Yeah. And it's basically like like I said earlier, you know, you're going to be working for a business and they pay you throughout the year, so this is your time to be like, okay, like here's what I may owe you. Um, and I always like to point out that tax evasion was how they caught the mobster Al Capone. So pay your taxes. Yeah. <laughs> and she mentions this like all the time. She'll randomly, we'll be randomly having a conversation about taxes or about just anything, really. And she just somehow like pushes this thing in there and just talks about. Al Capone. It's the funniest thing. Um, your mind, did, your yeah. mind has a lot of just random facts. I love history. Like it's just fascinating to me. Except American history. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's just not as fun. As Probably because it's only two year, two hundred years old. Well, I mean, if you go into the history of the indigenous first peoples who lived here before, you know, everybody started coming and hanging out. That's a rich history, but. As far as, like, us as a colony, we're like a teenager in the rest of the world. Which is why we sound like brats to the rest of the world. Anyway, uh, so, tax evasion. Did you have anything else to say on tax evasion? Well, you and I talked about, like, the mafia and how, like, okay, there would be a legitimate, like, front business, say a restaurant, and then there would be other things going on behind the scenes, so there'd be two sets of books, all of this stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Um, it reminded me of the episode in Boy Meets World where Sean goes to be a waiter and they ask him to deliver a package to the docks. Yeah, and and he's not supposed to know what's in the package, and he's at the point where he's like, I don't care. I'm just going to do my job. Anyway, continuing on with Romans 13, what was the next section that we had? He talks about love fulfilling the law, and that... All of the other commandments can be summed up in loving your neighbor as yourself because this doesn't harm your neighbor and it's a way for you to fulfill the law. So in the ancient world, as probably today as well, Rome was, we've talked about this before, an epicenter of all these different cultures and tradings and systems and people were just converging in this huge empire. So when you have a lot of people in a kind of small space, you're going to need something to motivate them to care about one another. Mm-hmm. And Paul is saying, hey, let your actions and your deeds and your words, everything, be motivated by the love that you have for the people around you. Well, and let's put that, again, I like to put everything into today's context because as we're reading it, we're not reading this in the, the you know first century church. We're reading this so many years later going, how does this relate to us? So how does that relate to us? Well, I know that there are places in the world where you still might have like a very small town or a village. There might not be a whole lot of people in one place. But for the majority of people that I can think of, we're going to be living in, again, a major metropolitan area. So that means there's going to be a lot of people in kind of a small space. Yeah. Well, and if you live your life, like, filled and fueled by love, where you care for people, you have compassion for people, that means you really keep your eyes open to your surroundings, right? You keep your eyes open to who needs help. Uh, You keep your eyes open to the situation in, in a certain area. So, like, you and I talk about it all the time. When we drive into where your mom lives... Mm-hmm. Um, how you'll see a lot more people who just need financial help, right? Or who might need food or things like that. 
where if you drive over to where your friend lives, Stephanie, it's mm-hmm. a different, it's a whole, it's a different world, right? Because there's just a difference between wealth and the two different cities. Yeah, and and so when when you live in, in an attitude of love, like you can go to one area and go, okay, there's a lot of people who need food. Let me see what I can do. Uh, but with that, you could also build the guilt because you're like. I can't help everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if you go to a more affluent area, you might not be able to provide food and money to people, but what can you provide, right? Well, you can you can meet people and, and supply, like, support, right? You might have people who, because they're more affluent and, and the parents are working crazy hours to make all this money or doing whatever, you have kids or young adults who don't have guidance, Right? So you might be able to befriend people and go, look, let me kind of guide you. Let me give you some tips and some help, uh, some helping tips, which you do it all the time with a mm-hmm. lot of your friends, right? Um, and that's what it means to live in love. It's just seeing people's situation and going, how can I help them any way that I can? So Paul continues on. He ends the chapter talking about the day is near. Um, and we would think of that as the second coming of Christ, correct? I would say so, yeah. So, one verse that I really liked, a part of verse 12 says, So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Yes, we're going to talk about that. Is there more to it after that? I think um, that was... He says, let us behave decently as in the daytime, not carousing, in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, and not in dissension and jealousy. Rather... Clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Paul is really about that dichotomy between what you, as a human, like as a person, like in our flesh, what we want to do, those desires that we have, and being able to walk in the Spirit, being led by the example of Jesus, to know to do what is good and right. But I love that whole, like armor of light thing you know because we're really into superheroes at our house and i was just like picturing like a little cape and all this fun stuff well and 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 i like it because it it shows itself as as a mentality as well as what we actually wear um meaning you know i always like to wear shirts and things like that that remind me of good things right i don't wear a lot of like you know, a lot of shirts with, with things on it that just show a lot of darkness. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Dark mindsets and stuff like that. So, like, perfect example. You know those, like, sarcastic t-shirts that always have some phrase, always have some phrase on it that you're like, that's a really bad attitude to have? Yeah. I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but, you know, we, you always see those people with, like, the sarcastic t-shirt that really just has... Like, it, it, if, you're, if you're reading this t-shirt, you're too close, or... Yeah, I'm thinking of other ones, but I can't think of the exact examples. But I always try to wear shirts that, like... We wear a lot of Disney shirts and we things do. like that. We do. We're it's, all about the magic of Disney. <laughs> yeah, but it's because it's things that we can look on and go, okay, this might bring me hope for the day, or it might remind me of something that encourages me, right? As opposed to something that makes me seem sarcastic and rude and bitter... I want to seem more encouraging and, and um, approachable. Um, but what I like about the the you know the armor of light is this idea that like when you arm yourself with God's light, you're still armored, right? You're still protected, mm-hmm. but you're able, to, like I said, to help people to put their needs first. And I've, I really just like that. I, I really think that's good. Mm-hmm. Well, it shows, again, that Paul is urging us to have compassion. Mm-hmm. Not to be self-centered. Yeah. And I'm sure that in his life, in his time, in his ministry, he encountered both types of people. Oh, I'm sure he did. Because, and, go ahead. Side note, I think it's really interesting that he's saying, yes, follow your governing authorities. Because he literally been in prison so many times but he's like you know what this is my life he he would still probably continue to follow those laws and ordinances 
Well, and, and the thing is, and, and I love that, right? I love the fact that he's like, look, some of these same governors and authorities have been the people who unjustly put me into prison, right? Just because I was a Christian, they put me into prison. And he says, but regardless of that, I'm going to follow their lead because God was the one who put them in that leading position. So we're going to be in Romans for three more weeks. And then yes. we have a lot of fun stuff coming up for you during the holiday season. What do we have happening in the holiday season? Well, we're going to be going Go over um, the Christmas story and then also talking about things to be thankful for for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. And if I remember correctly with the Christmas story, I think we're going to come at the same story multiple directions. Yeah. So we're going to be in the Christmas story for a few weeks. But it's going to be from different people's point of view. It's going to be from different people's like thought processes because we want. And when to you get say you different people, you mean different the various the characters Bible. who are involved yeah. in this particular story. Yes, and it's something I do almost every year um, because I, it puts me into a mind state of what each person in the Bible at that time, in that scenario, was thinking, going through, and feeling. And it allows me to, to really just just be thankful for what God is doing in my life. So I'm going to ask you to pray this week because normally I know you always volunteer me. But yes. I want so, you to be able to have the opportunity to do that as Let's well. go ahead and pray and then we'll close out from there. Father God, we want to thank you for this day. We want to thank you for this podcast and everybody who listens. We just pray, God, that you would bless them, that you would be with them in this time. Uh, we, don't, we don't know what struggles they may be going through, but God, whatever they're going through, we pray that you would just be involved, be in their life, and be their guiding light, Lord Jesus. We thank you um, for the privilege to, to reach out to so many people and everybody listening. We pray, God, that you would just keep us encouraged, keep us strong when, when times get difficult. We just thank you for your heart, your love, and your grace. And we pray that you would guide us as we walk in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. Please remember to share, to subscribe, to get this podcast into as many people's hands and ears as we can. Um, and remember to visit us at BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com as well as Beautiful Feet Entertainment on Instagram and Twitter. Have a great week. We will uh, be back with you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Beautiful Feet Podcast, a partnership of BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com. Please feel free to follow us on social media at Beautiful Feet Entertainment. Please visit BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com and do not forget to like, share, and subscribe.